the fear is always that you're going to alienate your customers. Oh, well, people won't come. And the opposite thing happened. People came there because they felt safe. state and roll tide roll it's episode number 58 of the Provo upfront podcast i'm one of your host bill petrie with me as always the field general of gaining the doctor of sustainability and those are the same two uh, nicknames i used last week because i'm not prepared for this podcast so let's just call him the captain of kashockton ohio the one and only kirby hossman kirby how the hell are you I'm doing well, doing well. Uh, we've talked a little bit about, um, you know, business being pretty good this summer, which has been a wonderful thing. Uh, yesterday, you will appreciate it, it was sort of the, the day we pay bills and, and I'm ahead for a change. And I got to tell you, that feels pretty good. So I'm doing well. But uh, honestly, I think I'd be a little insensitive if I didn't ask how you're doing, buddy. You've had a big week. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm doing okay. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's uh, dropping both kids off at uh, a college, you know, uh, two different universities, two different states, um, crisscrossing. It was really hard to, uh, to say goodbye to them. Sure. Um, I'm going to miss them. And, yeah. and it was, um, there was this moment and I shared, I'm, I'm tearing up a little bit and I just yep. don't give a shit. Okay. I, there was a beautiful moment when Mitch came with us to drop off Drew at Mississippi state and the hug those two gave each other right. uh, was just everything. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited for them. Um, I realize the tears I'm holding back right now are extraordinarily selfish. They're mourning what I'm losing and, and I'm really trying to focus on, what they're gaining right it's their time to fly we've done everything we can to hopefully set them up to fly and fly high and so you know they, they've uh it's up to them and i i i couldn't be more excited for them so right. thank you for asking i'm exhausted <laughs> um, got home late last night right and, right uh, just trying to catch up but yeah you know it, it just you know there's never enough planning um it uh they're going to do great things. So yeah. thank you for asking. But you know yeah. who else does some great things, Kirby? That's our good pal over at Promo Pulse. That's right, yes. Jason Noakes. <laughs> That's his name. If you don't remember it when you start reading your commercial, Jason Noakes <laughs> over at Promo Pulse. Uh, and their AMP email service, we've talked about that. And if you're a distributor, and, and hopefully you're listening to this podcast, if you are a distributor, you want to use that AMP email service to send retail-looking and user-friendly email to your customers using content from suppliers that, you know, Jason doesn't choose it. I don't choose it. Kirby, you don't choose it. Not even Kingdale Denim over at PPAI uses it or chooses it. He might use it. He would use it if he was a distributor, but yes. he doesn't choose the content. You get to choose it, and it's three 
easy steps. One, you choose your supplier two, or suppliers. Two, you upload your list and your logo. And three, you choose your sending frequency. That's right. You literally set it and forget it, much like a Ron Popeil rotisserie chicken maker. You just <laughs> okay. set it, you forget it, and then you have the delicious meal of leads that will just flood your inbox. Kirby, you've used it. They're no longer in private beta, so right. let's, let's let the cat out of the bag. Tell us how awesome it's been for you. I think I think the the best way I can share that it's been great for us is I was a beta user and so when you do a beta using thing it's it's generally there's not a charge to it. The moment it went from beta to uh, fee structure, we are a customer. So at the end of the day, I always tell my customers, you can tell what I what I really believe in on a branded merchandise perspective by what I put my name on. And what I would say about this is if I didn't believe it, I wouldn't be paying for it. So um, the results have been good. We're trying to strategize about how to make them even better. So um, I'm really excited to be a part of it. And Jason's done a great job. He has. And the one thing he does is he continually updates and enhances that product to make sure that it's constantly evolving and being better. And so that's a wonderful thing. And there's no better testament to you're actually paying for it. You're a paying customer. And that's a wonderful thing. Again, no longer in private beta. So if you're an interested distributor and Gosh, darn it. Why wouldn't you be? Head over to promopulse.io slash AMP, A-M-P, to get in on the program. You totally. won't be sorry you did. Kirby, Yep. I've got the upfront section of the podcast. Oh, look, a little sleeping for good. Uh, I, got, I got my notebook here, so I'm just oh. taking my notes for the podcast. All right. I love it. I need to be sleeping in for good for the next four days. Um, So I have the upfront section of the podcast where we always talk about something promotional products related. And so um, promotional products are are awesome, right, Kirby? Yes, I believe that they are. I agree. Okay, that's my topic. No, I'm kidding. Um, So something struck me about two weeks ago, and I've been wanting to talk about it. And I'm glad I waited because I think it's a really good topic for the upfront uh, section of the podcast. There was a article uh, from ASI about digital sustainability and how it's the next wave of promotional products. Are you familiar with this topic at all? I I didn't read this article. So yeah, please share. I will will try to summarize for you if I may. So it's really beginning with the QR codes you're starting to see on Mm. a lot of t-shirts. And what those QR codes are sending the people who scan them it's where the cotton was grown where it was spun Mm. knit finished cut and sewn it makes the clothes kind of talk talks about the journey how that product was Mm. specifically made and it helps maintain authenticity accountability and action so it's like a digital passport consumers can discover the story of their garment and as we look at sustainability and how it's becoming much more it's not just a fringe thing. It's not yeah. a fad. It's really becoming probably shame on me. It probably already is, but I, in my mind, it's really becoming something that is a sellable thing in our right. industry and something that clients and then user clients are looking for. Do you think that something like this does connect with end users mm. and do they even care? Yeah. So a couple of things. Number one, it's fascinating because I didn't read this article. So as you were telling me, it's not where I thought you were going to go with the QR code, because I think traditionally what we've seen is people use it for a marketing purpose. That's a more traditional marketing purpose. There's a QR code on that t-shirt and it takes you to the company's website, which PS I still think is super interesting. And I think has its place. Right. But when you brought this up, I was like, Oh, Skylar would love that. 
And I think that is really the, the, the point of the exercise. So Skylar's my daughter, for those who don't know, she is 22. Um, and I think for the, the newer generation of buyer, this is something that is not only fascinating, because to me, it's fascinating. To them, it will be a, um, it will change the way they buy. Um, and it will uh, change their buying habits. Um, if, as you said, if it, it, it already is, but it is sort of making a pathway through the promo world to do it, right? And I think there's a lot of interesting tie-ins for all kinds of products with that. And, and again, combining the sustainability conversation with the actual marketing conversation, because you could say like that, that QR code could go to a, a link on the website that talks about sustainability practices and why uh, that's important to the company or why we are a B Corp or why we are that, you know what I mean? Like it, there's a lot of, and it changes the way that instead of it just going to, Hey, sign up and buy now, mm -hmm. learn more about what we stand for. And I think yeah. the reality of it is, more and more people are making buying decisions based on that as well. Right. So I think it's super interesting. So I took some notes and you, you've covered some of them, so I'm not going to be redundant. One of the things I think when I, I look at what they're doing with the, this, um, this QR code telling a story, it's a frictionless way to really drive home a point. Yeah. If you're about sustainability, what better way to do that and tell that story? Yeah, you direct them to a website and it tells the story of that garment. Other products can be, it doesn't have to be just apparel folks. This can be hard goods. This can be anything. Yeah. And I really think it's a really cool way to tell that story in a, again, a frictionless way. Of course, it's a sales opportunity as yeah. well. It's, yeah, it's yeah. always a subtle sales opportunity. Hey, we are, we practice what we preach, right? right. And, and you can certainly drive people to an online store where they might have other sustainable products. I, I don't have a problem with that at all. Sure. But I also was thinking, <clears throat> one of the things I did in, in a previous promotional lifetime when I was a vice president of sales and marketing at Summit Marketing right. in Chicago was the fact uh, I worked a lot with the American Heart Association, the American Diabetes Association. Mm -hmm. And one of the things they do is a lot of cause-driven marketing, obviously with their walk for a cure and runs and a tour to cure, which is a bike race for American Diabetes Association, all these things. I, I, I actually thought about this back in 10 years ago. Not that I'm the originator, I'm not. But why can't, this is when QR cards were, codes are starting to become prevalent before they got dorky and old and now they're cool and prevalent again yeah <laughs> i thought when people show up at an event why can't we on banners and posters have a qr code where people can scan and donate right there yeah and it just i i don't remember why we couldn't make it work i, I don't know if it was a technology or a timing thing i i think it was i think what's interesting bill and i don't mean to interrupt you but no please. i think what's happened is that before you had to be sort of intentional and an adopter of the technology the QR code technology. You had to have an app right. that could read. Now, at least Apple, I'm an Apple user, they've built it right into their camera. So you, right. you don't, it's it's ubiquitous. You like so as you see it, you just you don't have to have special software, any of that stuff. No. 10 years ago you did. And so I think yeah. that's one of the reasons it's become prevalent because it's become easy. Does that make sense? Absolutely. But well, yeah, absolutely. But what a great way. Like I, I picture teams that now are walking mm. at an event to have a QR code on their shirt. So when they wear that shirt out in public, someone can scan it, send a $10 donation. There's just so many applications for it. And this is quickly turning into a QR code discussion, which yeah. is oh, fine, but there really is some digital sustainability there. And I love that telling that story of this is a 
a, a pre-loved garment. This is something that used to yeah. be, uh, you know, plastic rings that held a six pack of your favorite non-alcoholic beverage or whatever it may be. So right. really cool topic. And, and I'd love to hear from the audience how they are planning on using QR codes, not only to help with their marketing, that, that's the obvious one, but how are you going to help kind of create your story that makes you different, that makes you stand out, that yeah. digital sustainability. And so I, I did want to bring that up. I think that's a good one, buddy. I like that one. Um, it's, and I'll tell you, more and more, where'd the article come from, you said? ASI. That's what I thought. More and more of our topics are coming from ASI. So I just want to give a shout out. They're, they're covering yeah. some really cool stuff. Um, I'm telling you, they continually are just lapping the field when it comes to breaking news, creating interesting topics. And hey, it's free crap for us to talk about. So I'm cool <laughs> with it. Yeah, that's right. So let me look at my uh, topics here. Oh. Um, okay. So um, I thought this was interesting and I'll be curious to see where this the discussion goes. So, you know, I'm going to, Common Skew is doing their uh, fall event again. They're bringing, yes. they brought back Skew Camp. They, they were going to yes. do it. They weren't going to do it. Now they're doing it. And I'm one of the people who is attending. I'm really excited about getting to back to doing an event, mm -hmm. that event, which I've been to a bunch of times. Um, and it's going back to Palm Springs. Um, they sent out a notification this past week that they are requiring vaccinations. <laughs> um, and, um, yep. I, uh, emailed them just to say, Hey, I totally support this. I think it makes sense. Um, but I wanted to kind of bring it up as a topic to say, look, is this going to become like, obviously the vaccination debate is one I'm, I'm happy to have that discussion, but it's one that people are very polarized about. And, it's a bit of a bold move, I think, on Common Skew's part to say, look, we don't want to alienate anybody, but we do want to keep people safe. So you need to you know, declare that you've been vaccinated. Do you think this is going to be a trend uh, with events? Um, do you think people will not do it because they don't want to alienate people? What's, what's your take on this? And do you think it's a good thing? Well, first of all, I don't know if you have looked at my notes, but literally I have vaccine verifications for businesses. <laughs> it's a polarizing topic. That's my first bullet point. On this. So uh, our heads are in the same place. So this is a polarizing topic and, and I'm going to preface whatever I'm about saying, and I really don't know what I'm going to say. I'm going to preface this with whoever's listening. Don't get offended. Be kind. We record this podcast. We don't edit. And I don't think you'd like every conversation you have to be recorded for our posterity for people to pick apart. We're human beings and we're not bad people, no matter what either one of us are going to say here. Having said that, <laughs> I think it's a good idea. I think it's smart for Common Skew to do. Yes, it's a bold move. And I think I, I understand, you know, here, here's the, the challenge I think we have with the vaccines. There are people who fervently are against the vaccine generally because they feel it's been rushed through the process. People are entitled to that perspective. Absolutely. I happen to not share that perspective. That's my choice. Okay. At some point when it feels like there is a path to normalcy and people are uncomfortable taking that path, that's fine. But if companies feel that path is the one we need to go to either do the things we want to do, do the things we used to do, grow our business, whatever it is. And now people who don't want to take that path are 
excluded, that's the price of a decision, right? We, we all teach our kids that there is a consequence to actions and inactions, to decisions and non-decisions. What did Rush used to sing, uh, saying? If you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. Right. So if you choose not to get vaccinated, don't get upset at an organization that is uh, requiring that vaccination to hold an event. Don't get upset with that. That's their choice. Just like it's your choice not to get a vaccine. Don't, don't think that somebody is subjugating your human rights because they're saying, I'm sorry, you got to have the vaccine to, to come to this event. I think it's, I think it's going to happen more. Yeah. I applaud common skews decision because they, they, you know, this might happen at PPAI expo folks. It may. I mean, the Delta variant is concerning. Their mask mandates are starting to come back. And yep. there, there was, a in my county, Williamson County in Tennessee, there was an extraordinarily contentious board meeting earlier this week about mask mandates for part of some of the schools. So they've mandated masks in the elementary schools because that's a population that cannot get vaccinated yet. Sure. Mm-hmm. And it was, so I, I, I'm babbling on because I have hot opinions about this just like everybody else and I'm going right. to shut my petri pie hole <laughs> and I'm going to want to hear what you have to say but I think it's a great move I understand it I also understand the people on their side who don't want to get vaccinated just everybody stop bitching at each other yeah so the only thing that again this is a hot take for the podcast right um we both have them yeah so I would say um no, I 100% applaud the idea of requiring vaccines to come to this event. If you don't want to get the vaccine, don't freaking come to the event. I actually don't want to hear any shit about it. It's, it's right. It's a choice. It's, yeah, it's, it's the rule. And here's the thing. If you don't want to trust the idea that the vaccine has been rushed through or whatever, don't trust that. Trust the math. The math is starting to bear it out. That's the thing. I mean, when you start looking at you know, the number of people who've been vaccinated who have gotten the disease, because you can, because it's not 100% foolproof. And those who don't understand that need to read. But it's really low. It's really low. And then the number of deaths are really low. So the idea that an organization would take the stance of, look, we're going to do everything we can to keep the people who are paying to come to this event safe, And you think that's a bad thing? I want you to say that out loud, people. <laughs> like, um, so it's not a political thing. It's not. And no. So stop saying that. That it, honestly, you sound dumb now. Like yeah. it, it is. Like this is from my perspective. You you said this is going to become more prevalent. It it's it's happening as we speak. And so the idea mm-hmm. that you're getting frustrated about it is silly. I think. I and I, I here's the other thing. I remember when this first got March of 2020, right? It seems like a hundred years ago. We There's all wanted a, a vaccine. Right. That's exactly right. We all wanted a vaccine. Great point. But the mask mandate was kind of um, put out there half, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. At first. Menards is a local company. I don't know mm-hmm. how, if it's national or if it's regional. Or it's whatever. a regional uh, hardware store. Yeah, right. But it, yeah. it's pretty it's big. A, around in, here. The, in the Midwest, kind of where you're at. Absolutely. Yeah. It's good. Well, it's big size. Harvard it's a board. yeah, great, great store. Yeah. It was the first store, at least in our region, that were was hardcore about the mask mandate. I mean, they literally put security guards, not not a 16-year-old girl who said, please do it. No offense to 16-year-old girls, don't look for a reason to be offended. But a a big security guard with 
weaponry at the door and said, you put the mask on or you don't come in. There were scenes, cops were called. And after about a week, everybody was like, oh, they're really serious about it. And the fear is always that you're going to alienate your customers. Oh, well, people won't come. And the opposite thing happened. People came there because they felt safe. I think the, op the opposite will be true too. When, when this came out, um, I, I, again, I'm, I'm vaccinated as you might expect based on what I've said here, but the idea that um, the, the vaccinations were gonna be required make, made me feel more safe. It made me feel more like going to the event. And so I think you're gonna see more of that. So yeah, a little bit of a hot take from me. I, I look hot take from me too. I, I'm I'm in favor of the vaccine. I got vaccinated the second they say we need a booster shot. Shot, I'll be first in line yeah. if I can. Yeah. Um, I think the one question I have, and and I I'm I know Mark and Catherine as well as you do, and the organization they run over at Common Skew. I don't know how you actually verify this. Sure. Um, and you have HIPAA laws that that are are you know, murky at best when it comes to proving vaccinations. Yep. So uh, I, I, you know, I think there's I think a challenge be, of, en of there's a be, challenge of enforcement. It's going to be the honor code. Yeah. It's going to be, in the, that's what I was going to say. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I, I think it's the, you know, you're going to see, you're going to see this more often. It, I, I equated it to this. We were talking about this during the drive back from, I don't know, whatever college we were <laughs> dropping, whatever kid off at. And I was, you know, we were talking about things like this because more and more organizations are mandating masks for their employees. Right. United Airlines is now mandating, I'm sorry, mandating vaccinations, not mandating right. masks, Max, yep. mandating vaccinations for their employees, while American, Southwest, and Delta are not. So I think that those mandates are going to become more and more prevalent, and it's going to become more and more prevalent at large events. And I equated it to, you know, about five years ago, the NFL led the way in saying, if you want to bring a bag into our event, it's got to be clear. That's it. It's got to fit into these certain dimensions and it's got to be clear because it's going to speed up security and it's going to, you know, make it, you know, make it easier Safer. for people to get in and out of the event and safety. Of course, there was a group of people that were pissed off because I don't That's need to be showing do. everybody what's in my bag <laughs> because they were always smuggling food and beer and stuff like that in. Yeah. So, you know, things change, things evolve. This, this pandemic is ever evolving. Things are going to change, roll with it. And then if you don't want to get vaccinated, don't, that's your call to me. Now it's like the flu vaccine. If you don't want to get vaccinated and you want to, you want to have a higher pro propensity to get the flu, that's on you. Okay. That's, that's fine. But don't get on me because I choose to wear a mask, even though I'm vaccinated right now. I, I am. I'm back to wearing a mask. I don't like it, but I just think it's the right thing to do because mm -hmm. I might have I may have COVID, even though I'm vaccinated and I might give it to someone else. I don't feel bad. I don't know. Yeah. But stop. Stop complaining about or private organizations doing what they feel they need to do to create some safe havens. All right, man. There you go. All right. Yes. Yeah, couple I couple, All right. couple hot topics there. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure people are going to love that. All right, Kirby, let's talk about something so care. fun. I think it's something we, we don't talk about. We don't talk about this often enough. Okay. The United States Postal Service. Um, <laughs> All right. They are moving forward with a plan to slow first class mail. Have you seen this? I think they've been working on that plan for like 50 years. I didn't know it could get any slower, <laughs> quite frankly, but that that's the shocking part of the headline to me. They're moving forward with the plan to slow first-class mail. So they're changing the existing one to three-day service. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> Man, that's funny. Uh, they're changing the existing one to three day service to one to five days for 39% of first class mail. How they arrived at that, I have no idea. Yeah. The remaining 61% will be delivered during the current one to three day window. And I don't know who has a job of going, that's one to five, one to five. <laughs> oh, that's one to three. That's got to get there faster. I have no idea how that works. And, and it's going to be slower for 7% of all periodicals. I have no idea. So they're, do, they're doing it um, to cut the, re, the re, uh, reliance on air transportation. It's, uh, so, uh, they, so they're making mail less reliable and more expensive. So they're, cause they're raising their rates too. So the former deputy postmaster general, this is all, by the way, this is as their rates are increasing on August 29th uh, by an average of 6.99% on everything. Yeah. Awesome. Former deputy postmaster general. I love this quote. It's strategically ill-conceived creates dangerous risks that are not justified by the relatively low financial return and doesn't meet our responsibility as an essential part of America's infrastructure. It's disproportionately impactful to our seniors, middle, low-income Americans, and really what I want to talk about, Kirby, small businesses who are most loyal and most dependent on us. They're raising the rates, like I said, on 6.9% on most first-class offerings. They're raising the rates on catalogs, newspapers, and magazines by 8.8%. So higher costs, reduced services. This does really impact small businesses because as the shipping rates for the two dominant non-postal service carriers, a FedEx and UPS, are skyrocketing because yeah. so many, so many things are shipped these days more than they used to be, thanks to, again to the pandemic. Small businesses have generally relied on the United States Postal Service as a lower cost way to send things. This is this is not a good news thing. This is a really bad. Uh, uh, problem. And as a small business owner, I really wanted your perspective on it. I don't even know how, if you use the United States Postal Service or not. Yeah, no, I, I, as you said, it, it, it's a challenge. I think it's been in the works for a long time. Uh, the the, the uh, percentages are hilarious to me, but really I think what they are doing is telling you what they were already doing. We're changing our service to be what our service was. Yeah. And oh, by the way, we're increasing our prices too. Yeah. Um, so uh, to me, um, I, I mean, anybody who has been sending mail on a regular basis doesn't trust first class mail to get there in one to three no. days, right? I mean, like, I, ho I hope you, you've, yeah. you've learned that lesson. And so I think the idea of, honestly, if it would get there one to five days, at least then I could plan and say, okay, it'll probably, this'll be what it would take. I think the small businesses will take the brunt of it from a cost perspective, but as a consumer, that's the part that'll be a little bit more, like consumers will have to um, make an adjustment from a mindset perspective too, because unless Amazon's drone puts this thing on your front door, it is going to affect Amazon Prime. It's not just small businesses it's going to affect. So yeah. I think my original take is it, they are just adjusting to what they're actually already doing, um, especially with the percentages. Those sound like, yeah. okay, we're basing this on how we're doing right now, right? I, like I could... I'm so, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, no. And then, and then the cost perspective, I mean, they've been ramping up costs for a while. That does seem like a big number. So I don't mean to minimize that. Um, but to me, it is really just an adjustment of what they're already doing. It, it is such a indicator of how we handle things as Americans. Um, yeah, what you're right. I agree with you. What this is, is basically, Hey, 
these are the metrics we're seeing. We're just going to manage everybody's expectations. Yeah, that's okay? right. That's exactly okay. right. Yeah. But here's my thing. It's what about 58 cents ish okay. to mail a first class. I think it's going to go up to 58 or 59 cents. Okay. An incredibly cost effective way in, in an, to get some way, something to someone else in one to five days, right. even in that span. That's a, I, I've, I've never understood because if you look at the postal rates across the, the world, ours are the lowest. <laughs> still, even with this increase is lowest. I'd rather them say it's now a dollar and a half to mail something and actually be efficient. <laughs> they right. run, they run at a loss. Ever since I've been aware of that, the postal <laughs> service was actually a business within the government. Yeah. I've never seen them turn a profit that I'm aware of. I, they may have, but I'm not aware of it. It's always, they're running at a deficit. They're always budget challenged. They drive these weird cars that nobody else has. They have all <laughs> sorts of problems. I'd rather them correctly price their service to, to break even. Their goal shouldn't be to make a giant profit. Yeah. Their goal should be break even. And they can't do that. So I, I, I'm tired of these, well, stamps are going up nine cents again, but you can buy a billion forever stamps and use them forever at whatever the price is <laughs> yeah. now. Their model is so broken. Someone needs to go in there and actually run it like a business. Mm-hmm. And it's a business. It's like it's like doing your taxes, right? If you're looking for a giant refund at the end of uh, when you get to do your taxes, you're doing taxes wrong. Your goal <laughs> should be zero. Yeah. You don't want to give the government an interest-free loan, <laughs> yeah. number one. And number and two, you don't want to owe. But they, I just when I look at this, again, exactly what you said, they're just managing expectations. Yeah. They know they suck. Yeah. And I, I'm there are good people who work there. They're doing the best that they can given the limited amount of resources they have some of them. right size your product price it properly and let's get some actual you know expectations out there in terms of of what we could do so i like it there's that kirby do we have time for another topic or do we are we done um i'll, I'll give let's do a really quick one just because i think okay. this is really fun i actually saw sure. this last week and i wrote it down immediately which i never do um, okay. so so um this is mattel uh the maker of barbie uh yep. has debuted uh, some new Barbie dolls. Um, okay. Not generally something that catches my attention, but it came across in my morning view email, uh, brew email. Mattel debuts Barbies in likenesses of frontline health workers. Okay. I thought this was really cool. Um, you know, yep. Mattel's been criticized for years for making uh, Barbie dolls that were um, terribly disproportionate, disproportionate yeah, to and, actual yeah, dimensions and, of humans. Yeah. And so they, you know, I think for a long time that they made it aspirational to look yeah. like that. And that's not what we want to live up to. So the idea that they're shifting this and there are, you know, frontline workers, firefighters, doctors, astronauts, I think, um, and a, a range of skin tones, crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually had uh, one of the people who worked on the vaccine as a person who's uh, a model for or, you know, it's built around the, the likeness right. of them. I just thought this was a really cool story. I, I didn't, yeah. I just sort of wanted to see your take on it. That's really it. I, I think Barbie, the whole Barbie doll thing, I think it's been, if you look at the history of Barbie dolls, yeah, it, it's a little disproportionate. I get it, but it's a toy. Let's be yeah. honest. Yeah. And I think though, if you look at the history of Barbie dolls, even dating back to the sixties and seventies, they've always been at the forefront of really, I don't want to go so I, I'm not a female, so I, I don't want to step out of line here, but I think they've always been at the forefront of empowering women, that mm-hmm. women can be astronauts, women can be anything that they want. And it is important, especially as gen, traditional gender roles shift, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I think it's always been an important cultural um, thing where little girls can see, look, I, I can do anything. Yeah. Right. And just like it's just as important for a boy to play with an easy bake oven if they want right. to, who cares? And I, so I, th I think this is great. Um, I, I wonder if we're at a point of, does it matter anymore? Mm -hmm. Not because it matters to women's empowerment. Does it matter? Are Barbies that prevalent in society anymore is, is really, but I don't know. My yeah. kids are in college now. Yeah. Well, and they're boys, right? So yeah. And they're um, boys. Yeah. So, I mean, my kids definitely grew up playing with, with Barbie okay. dolls. It's been a bit, um, but uh, no, I think, again, I think the idea of modeling, um, success in any given field that you choose is st still really interesting. So I, I, it oh, was just I interesting to me. So that's all. Here's the thing, whether, whether their sales of Barbies are down or not, this is important. And I think yeah. it's great. Yeah. I do think it's great. All right, all Kirby. Right. You ready? You said you have, yeah, you seem you're rubbing your hands together in, in a, a diabolical manner that makes me tense. So that means you have a game for me today. Let's go. I do. I do. So obviously we, we spent, uh, we spent just a minute at the beginning of the podcast talking about the fact that you and Sandy are now going to be empty nesters. So yes, sir, I, I wanted to think about what you were going to do with your free time. Now, don't let your mind go to the gutter because you have more than three minutes to spend with your wife. So let's talk about classic board games, okay. <laughs> classic board games that you will play with uh, Sandy. So we're going to give you okay. either or which okay. classic board game do you want to play? Um, and okay. so I actually, it was funny. I, I, I researched board games and there are so many board I'm not a board oh, yeah. game guy, but there's, there's one called pandemic. That's really, really popular oh, right now, but, but we're going to go classic ones that we've heard. Of. Okay. So either or you ready? Yep. Okay. We're going to go Clue or Stratego? I'm going to go Clue. I've never played Stratego in my entire life. <laughs> That's, I'm, I'm familiar I wasn't with sure it. I was pr pronouncing it right, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I remember the commercial as a kid, Stratego. But wow. I don't remember. I don't remember ever playing it. That, that was amazing. Okay. Uh, Game of Life or Candyland? Oh, Game of Life for days. I love that game. Yeah. Um, I like the little car. I like the, yeah, I like, I like that. I, I like, you know what I like about that board game, Kirby? The Game of Life came with a board that actually had a dimension to it. Yeah. It actually had hills and things like that. I, I applaud that. Plus it had a little spinny wheel. I like the spinny wheel. Yeah, that's, that is not surprising to me. Uh, Monopoly or Scrabble? Oh, Monopoly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I as much of a, a goofball i am with words I, I i go monopoly all day long although yeah. sometimes those games can last like 17 hours and you're just kind of like those last 16 hours you're just waiting for someone they've got one property and five bucks and they you just can't squash them yeah i love it uh battleship or risk Ooh, battleship yeah um it, it's it's a quick moving game um and not the most intellectual game but i think it's fun and you get to say you sank my battleship <laughs> yes you do I, i'm with you on that one too by uh chess or checkers chess i, oh. I like chess okay. um I, I really enjoy i used to play chess a lot growing up um and i haven't in a while and i like chess okay dig it backgammon or connect four Um, I'm going to go backgammon. Wrong. I, I love good backgammon game. Have them, again, I do. I, 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 I'm a dork when it comes. 
when it comes to board games and stuff like that, I'm kind of a dork. So I like backgammon. I'm connect four is all sorts of fun, but that seems like I, I want to be, have a giant connect four and be sitting at a bar playing connect four. Yes. Yes. Agreed with that. Okay. Uh, Twister or operation. Ooh, <laughs> being that I'm 9,627 years old, I'm going to go operation the wacky doctor's game. Yeah, it takes I, a very steady hand. <laughs> I was I was really curious to see if you're going to go Twister. That would have been something. Um, don't break the ice or hungry, hungry hippos. Oh, hungry, hungry hippos for days, for days. <laughs> I I agree 100. I used to love that game. Um, okay, a couple more. Boggle or mousetrap. I'm going to go mousetrap. Okay. Kind of like building stuff. So mousetrap all day long. All right. Final one. This is tonight. You and Sandy sitting around the table. Jenga or Uno? Jenga. I'm going to go Jenga. Um, again, I like games that uh, if it's just the two of us, right. something like Jenga makes more sense. Uno, I, I don't think is great with two people. Fair enough. All right. Well, you, you know done, what is you, great for two you people? You did super ten, job, by the way. Well, thank you. You know what's great? Not just for two people, Kirby, 10 people. It's great for the entire freaking industry. And that's our good <laughs> pal. That's uh, our good friends over at Promo Pulse and their AMP email service. Elegant emails, retail inspired. And what it's going to do for you distributors, I'm going to tell you what it's going to do for you. It's going to get you leads yep. and leads get you customers and customers get you orders and orders get you invoices and invoices get you paid. So if you want all that, if you, it's, it's, it's just that simple. You send emails, you get paid. There's a few steps in the middle. You got to handle that. But send email, get paid. AMP email service, very easy. Three steps. You choose your suppliers, you upload your list and logo, and you choose your sending frequency, set it and forget it. It's that simple. It is a great service. Kirby uses it. And they've got a lot of people using it now that it's out of beta. So head over to promopulse.io slash amp, A-M-P. You're not going to be sorry you did. Now, Kirby, I want to thank you for uh, having the courage to delay our recording. We're back at, you said we before we got on the yeah. OG time we recorded this. It's actually Thursday morning, bright and early. Um, I did not get to sleep in for good this morning, <laughs> um, but I will be sleeping in for good this weekend. Yeah, you've earned it. 